and over again all night. Welcome to another edition of the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. Key in the Lake. Key in the Lake. That lovely voice you just heard is from Matthew D. Brown. The D stands for, what is it standing for this week? Uh, dimples. Dimples. Awesome. Uh, back-to-back episodes that um, Wilson J. Torres, the J stands for... Jalapenos. Jalapenos. He is not with me once again. We are not recording live from Beguile Brewing, also known as... But Now she's going. Remy is here with us in my apartment. We are taking up her space, her afternoon nap period, to record a lovely little podcast with just the two of us. This is Jake, your host. I usually forget to mention that. That's my name. If you're new to Key in the Lake, we've noticed a little bit that we've had an uptick in listeners, but that we <laughs> we're looking forward to lose them today because yeah, uh, I'm back, baby. He's back and with a vengeance. Uh, if it's your first time, maybe it's your second time listening to an episode and you've never heard Matt Brown on the podcast, he is a sales boy for a little distillery called Blum Brothers Distilling Co., which is based out of Galena, Illinois. And Matt comes on the podcast, oh, about every five episodes on an average right now to record with mm-hmm. Wilson and myself. Wilson is usually the other co-host with me. Um, we started this podcast almost a year ago to the oh, day. Wow. Yeah, on February 26th, I think was the very first episode we released last year. So big things will be coming for that uh, one-year anniversary episode. By big things, I mean probably just another guest. <laughs> just this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll be at Beguile. Um, we typically record our podcast over at a brewery in the Ravenswood neighborhood of Chicago called Beguile Brewing. If you're ever in town, please go there, have a pint, tell them the guys from Keena Lake sent you, and they'll probably charge you full price for that beer. But uh, it's a great place to go. But we usually record once an ep- well, episode once a week, and we talk about whiskey, all things whiskey kind of going on about... Thank you, Remy, uh, <laughs> about what's happening in the whiskey world local to us here in Chicago. Remy, sit. There you go. And now she has a treat, so she'll be quiet for about a second. And we talk about uh, kind of what we do in the industry. Uh, all three of us, Matt, Wilson, and myself, are our brand ambassadors for individual distilleries across the world. If you put the treats away, would she not bark at you? Um, I think she's all right. Is she barking because of the treats or... I think she's excited to, have, excited to have a guest over, as mm, usual. Um, she's showing off. Yeah, she usually goes for a walk about this time of the day and then takes a nap, so maybe she's looking forward to that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. She might also want this delicious um, coffee that's sitting in my hand, or maybe even delicious bottle of whiskey sitting on the table. It is very good, the coffee. The whiskey, this Blum Bros uh, cast strength bourbon <laughs> is also really, really good. Try again. Matt and Mike, try again. <laughs> um, but no, we so we, on this podcast, we usually just talk about kind of what's happening in the whiskey world. We interview guests, talk about their experience and um, how they got into the bar industry, the whiskey mm-hmm. industry, kind of all things whiskey in that manner. So if you want to listen to some more, please stay around and listen to this podcast. Matt and I, I think this is the first podcast Matt and I have ever done by ourselves. Intimate. Intimate. Very intimate. Can I borrow a robe? Just to feel more comfortable? If I had a robe, I would give you it. All right, fine. But I've never I've owned a robe personally. Keep it's asking uh, for it every Christmas. Do you really? <laughs> no. I want, uh, you know, uh, man, uh, some James Bond movie, uh, Sean Connery's wearing like a terry cloth mm. b- baby blue robe that like goes to his mid thigh. That's the robe of my dreams. I have a terry I cloth to... orange sweatshirt. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it like a towel? Does it feel like a towel? Not really. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> yep. Sorry for interrupting you on that. <laughs> No problem. 
Yeah, so uh, the first time Matt came on the podcast was like our third episode or something like that um, that we ever did, almost a year ago now. Mm -hmm. And then came on, kept coming back. I stayed there. He lived in our studio space at Beguile International Recording Studios, mm-hmm. um, sleeping on the grain bags, and just kind of would pop in from time to time. If you're it's not very comfortable. Selling whiskey. Yeah, it uh, it did wonders for my back to be off the street mm-hmm. and off my little co- the pallet of cardboard yeah. and onto a big old sack of votes. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. But today we're not here to talk about whiskey at all. We're here. No, to, we're, we're here, here to, to find. We're here to find me a new house. Oh. If anyone wants a roommate, I cannot pay you anything. I have two very angry dogs, mm. and uh, a daughter. I, I do need. A wife. Oh, they don't talk to me anymore. I do need a robe. But he doesn't. Uh, you need to provide that for me, and uh, I promise. Uh, if that is provided to me, then you have nothing to worry about. Fantastic. But if Good you don't know. give me this robe, we're going to have real problems. Yep. Sounds great. Well, back to whiskey, because um, we won't probably break down the Super Bowl, even though it happened last night. I guess go Chiefs, if that's what you like. I didn't really watch it. Watched it all. It, always. The Campus Chitty Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The Mammoth Bitty Beeps. Mm-hmm. Our dear Lord Donald J. Trump, he uh, <laughs> tweeted out congratulations to the Chiefs and all of Kansas nation. Of course he would. Yeah. Of, of course. Yeah. If you didn't know, the Kansas City Chiefs play in Missouri, the Kansas City part, Missouri, Kansas City part of the city. And it's way bigger. Like, that's the Kansas City. Yes. Yeah, that's like metropolitan area. Yeah. Kansas City, Kansas is nothing. Um, but, of course, uh, he is a stupid, stupid, stupid man we are, among all we are else. We're a pro-Trump podcast. But you, know, <laughs> but you know he's going to – it's like when he messed up with the hurricane, when yeah. he lied about the hurricane. Drew he's going to find out – yeah, he's going to find out some way around this. He'll, like, an- oh, I thought I could have – He's going to annex that part of the <laughs> yeah. state into Kansas. Yeah, hey, exactly. No, no. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, but um, cool about that, the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. But going back to the Blum Brothers in Galena, where the Blum Brothers make their whiskey, last weekend, um, the last weekend in, well, the second of the last weekend in, or was the last weekend? Said, Would you stop? Thank you. Um, we'll have to edit that out. Thanks for me. Uh, last weekend in, uh, the last weekend of January was the Galena Whiskey Weekend, yes. which is the third annual Galena Whiskey yep. Weekend that the Blum Brothers helped put on. Mm-hmm. Matt was not there, though. I, no, I avoid it. <laughs> I have. Uh, Did you ever go? No, last I've years. never been. Okay. <laughs> no, they got it covered. They don't they do. need. Uh, they don't need uh, the the Chicago sales department, you know, in town. And uh, if I could avoid a three a, a six hour drive in six one day, commute. yeah, one day, yeah. However, that is that is to say, I also did. Uh, I, well, I did um, an event on the same day of Galena Whiskey Weekend in Bloomington, Illinois. So I shaved maybe thirty minutes off that six-hour uh, <laughs> six-hour uh, drive uh, driving to do that he- event. What a hero! Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> no, but it is a pretty cool. Um, it's an anomaly, I guess, for whiskey weekends that we're a part of, or whiskey festivals that we're a part of. Because typically, they take place in big cities. This one is in a small community in the northwest corner of Illinois, just across the river uh, from Iowa which that river would be the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Ever heard of it, guys? Yeah. It's really big. It's very big. Okay, I think you would have heard of it already. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a really cool festival on that Saturday. 
two different sessions, really well run together by um, Family Beer and Liquor. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, yes, I, a, a great liquor store out of East Dubuque. Uh, shout out to Tim, yeah, who's Tim, in charge over there. Tim ran the event, um, ran it very smoothly. Two, two and a half hour sessions that promptly ended as soon as it hit uh, two, two and a <laughs> half hour. Yeah. <laughs> they turned, they like turned That's the lights, awesome. they turned the lights off. Yeah, started already flowing people out the door. Yeah, they came around. Um, cops were on, were visible on premise, which oh, I yeah. always appreciate having security there. Sure, because people can get a little rowdy towards the end of events. Um, and they were like, "Stop pouring, put your bottles underneath the table." And for me, that's not a problem whatsoever. Yeah, that's great. Because I always hate the uh, the lack of efficiency when you're at events and like last call. Like, well, what does that mean? I yeah. pour one more whiskey. I pour right. whiskey to the people that are in line right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really have. And then you just have lingerers yep. too. Yep. Um, which I go back and forth on. I mean, some fans really just want to chop it up and yeah. hang out, but other times it's like you know this is a job. You know, we want to. After we after we clock out, we want to go home and or do something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was into like there. It's they really promote pouring small pours, the quarter ounce pour, which is a traditional traditional standard for a whiskey festival. Yeah, well, it's the legal yeah legal uh, standard whatever. Too. Yeah, um, when it comes to that, which I always appreciate. So they actually gave out the quarter ounce pours. So mm-hmm. you're a you're not over over pouring your customers. You're not over pouring your product either. Wasting product, That's people just for to, sure. Just to go ahead yeah. and just drink it, just to drink whiskey at the time. Yeah, no doubt. Let me turn my, turn my phone off. So it was a really great festival. Um, I was really impressed by the clientele, the consumers that came by. A lot of them, every person I would say, probably, I would say probably 85% to 90% of the people that came by were coming to your table to sit and listen for three to five minutes about your whiskey and try it at for the same sure. time. Not, not just to come over, get a pour, and get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then the great thing about it, about it, too, probably the best thing about the festival is that it was tied to family beer and liquor, so people could place orders at the um, at the festival and then pick it up at the store the next day. Or that's, a, that's a huge advantage because, you know, to chart, like, the uh, effectiveness of these... To chart the effectiveness of these right. um, events is really hard it's because hard to, yeah, you know yeah tangibly. when you're when you're not in a liquor store you can't really see the impact of like people buying bottles so you kind of have to it's tough man you, so I've I think I've talked about it on this yeah. event before and how I'm really choosy now about what I do and I don't really do a lot of like crazy free for all tastings anymore because <laughs> you're trying to make enough of an impact out of 40 brands so that someone will, you know, mm-hmm. try your stuff and then go home or not. They're usually not going straight to Benny's. You know, yeah. they're going home and then they're thinking like, Oh, I need a bottle of whiskey. I'm going to go out to the liquor store and yeah. buy, you know, Blum Bros or Star Wars, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just such a leap. Yeah. But to yeah. have the orders on site is awesome. Yeah, so the kind of the, how the vast comparisons can take part just weekend to weekend. I was at a whiskey fest in Chicago this past weekend. Put on by a really great agency. Really appreciate them. But it was 1,500 people they sold tickets to um, in two very big bars in the River North area of Chicago, which they had... Um, both the upstairs spaces open and the whole downstairs space committed to it, which was great. But at the same time, I went through four bottles of whiskey pouring quarter ounce, less than quarter ounce pours. Uh, I, had the oh, quarter, yeah. I had the quarter ounce pours on to stop, they stop it. And I was even let that, let it go that till that amount either. For sure. And I went through four bottles an hour and 50 minutes. Oh yeah. And I, 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 pour- I, I left the event. It was a four hour event, but yeah. I'm like, I'm not staying here for this. I'm not paying. I'm not pouring two more bottles. I'm, no. not a ca- I'm not pouring a case of whiskey in maybe three hours. Let's go. Yeah. No, they they will tell 
they will tell suppliers to bring two cases of each skew that they no. te- that they plan <laughs> yeah. to pour, which is insane. No, it's like I first of all, like getting our whiskey over from Australia is a little bit expensive. Um, oh, for sure. Just in Fiverr was in the podcast before. I worked for a whiskey distillery called Star Wars. It's based in Australia, so we have to import our whiskey over. Like, not that we don't have a shortage of it or anything right. like that, but, but then you have to buy it back exactly. from the yeah. distributor, basically. Yeah, and one of our whiskeys <laughs> is allocated, and I'm like, I'm not. We don't have any in the warehouse, so I'm sure. not going to go waste you know seventy dollars and. In the store, <laughs> this is a very it, this is a very atypical experience. If you're seeing for the first like, time, pay the seventy dollars, you bitch. Just do it. I should have never gotten the treats out. I thought it'd be make her be a good. Do dog. you think I was right about that? Well, now they're back, and yeah. she seems to be chiller. This is your last one, Remy. For you listeners, is a um, husky, like a little. Smaller, I'd say, than a normal husky, and has this like beautiful, like kind of slim little baby husky face. She looks like a stuffed animal of a husky. It's uh, really quite uh, extraordinary. Um, I wish to paint her or do like a watercolor in like a Nordic vista, you know, with a fjord behind her. Great filler right there. Um, Although I don't think huskies are like scandinavian they're like russian right yeah siberian siberian okay so like just you know siberian just you know floating iceberg going past with a you know a happy little seal um you know that's that's the dog i'm talking about definitely beautiful thanks for describing my my pet for sure now describe my pets um i don't i've never experienced them okay i'll get out a picture and this will be fun well we're not gonna do this (laughs) because all right um (laughs) but yeah so back to like the whole festival thing kind of one reason why we are so keen on festivals being i mean just available to us as as brands to be supportive in the sense that hey like here jake describe this picture of my pet no we're not doing that right now i have to to release this podcast tonight and i don't want to edit anything out so we're not going to do anything can i just tell tell the listeners the picture that i'm showing him it's garfield on a cross (laughs) being executed so crucified crucified um for his beliefs apparently of 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 lasagna worship of lasagna (laughs) yeah um but I don't know where I was, what I was talking about, but thank you We're for that. We're talking about Whiskey Weekend. Oh, yeah, Glean Whiskey Weekend. So the really interesting thing that I took away from Glean Whiskey Weekend was that all of the uh, Blum Brothers posse that comes from around the country, <laughs> um, some interesting dudes from all over. Yeah, uh, we had some Nashville peeps, some yeah, Iowa nice peeps, guys. some yeah. Wisconsin peeps. That was the other part of it, too. It was really cool how people were coming from like three hours away, and the Glean's right tucked away, tucked in where um, essentially South where Dakota. Wisconsin, yeah, we had some people yeah. from South Dakota come in. Where Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa meet. And people drove three hours for uh, sure all over from each of those states, and like Matt said, from Nashville also from South Dakota, to come and hang out at the Blum Brothers Distill- Distillery for a weekend, and then also at the festival, too, and then at the good old bar. Um, I can't remember what it was Dylan's. called. Dylan's. Dylan's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a little rowdy there, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about with uh, Joe Henry on next week's podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> because Joe was doing uh, a vertical macro series of uh, – American beers. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Has a vertical macro series of beers. I'll, I'll, I'll let him explain the, that on next week's podcast. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that. Has uh, Sweet Joe been on the podcast? Yet? No, oh been man, a, looking been, forward to a, that. He's been a tough get. He's been avoiding us. Uh, Maybe the change some scheduling. I don't believe that. Um, I think he's been busy. He's coming on Hopefully. Friday. So yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was an awesome festival. But I wanted to talk to you about this cult following that you guys have <laughs> developed and the uh, characters that come along with it. You know, what what I can really say is that we we have been extremely lucky because we do have this great fan base. Mm-hmm. And what it really comes down to is that um, the brothers from day one have... Uh, just let their personalities shine through what we're doing. So um, all of the uh, all of the uh, like descriptions on the back of the bottles and stuff are very very idiosyncratic. There's not like we don't really indulge in a lot of like highfalutin marketing language. We don't like market first, at all. We're the first uh, Galena whiskey distillery since Prohibition. Yeah, before your grandfather died on Left Tuesday. We it, it's really yeah totally. It's really just the. Uh, been about the brothers as people and i think uh that's been super easy to connect with and when people become fans and they show interest in us i mean we we bro down with them you know i mean that that's what it really is about like we're we're not just we're not just whiskey makers we're also whiskey enjoyers Mm -hmm. you know so we want to like you know uh see what other people are up to, you know, um, drink some, a lot of our fans are, uh, are, uh, collectors themselves or <laughs> distillers themselves. So it's been, uh, uh, you know, we, we try to reciprocate that open book as much as possible or th- store owner. Yeah. Did I say store owners already? No, but yeah. Yeah. So a couple of the guys, uh, a couple of our Nashville bros <laughs> that always come up for these kinds of events are store owners. And then we have our Chicago and Wisconsin contingent who are big collectors. Um, so it's really, uh, it's really, uh, just a big, uh, family, uh, you know, group hug at the end of the day. And we drink a little and we, you know, was that all because that. of the knotted bourbon that helped begin? Um, a lot of it? I mean, yes I guess more and like, no, like the uh, na- more of the national attention. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but you know, a, a lot of, um, almost all the guys who, came you know from far and wide because there was no old fangled for sale at this event you know so people are coming out to uh see what else we're up to we're we're really lucky that people are coming along for the ride on our on our on our distillate yeah definitely which is cool they're not checking out yet which um do you know I what? didn't think they would, but it's all. It could have always been a possibility once we switched to our distillate, yeah, not sourced. You know, yeah, so that's like, huge. People seem really excited about it too, because we were sitting definitely um, the Friday night before the event. We went to the distillery um, and hung out with a bunch of gentlemen that paid two hundred fifty dollars to hang out with Matt and Mike. See me? Yeah, I think there was a little more to it, at least on paper. But yeah, that yeah, definitely yeah, does was. seem like what it for sure what it was. Um, for the whiskey revelry stuff they can do for free. Yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so we were sitting back in the distillery. Probably got off to Galena around four o'clock and uh, had a couple cocktails at the bar. And then we're sitting in the back drinking um, with Mike and Matt and a couple other guys that come up from Nashville. Um, Ryan as well, um, Lay. Yeah, Ryan Lay. Uh, so if you not like, the professional skateboarder Ryan Lay, who did, ride. Yeah, didn't did, did see P Rod in his new beer commercial. Either? No, was that a was that a, a halftime Calif- show? No, was, I think it came on this weekend. I've never seen it for the first time this weekend. Oh, that's cool. It's a new Ar- here, Archer Brew or something. It's a California beer. Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, 
yeah, it was interesting hanging out with those guys. I was doing work kind of while we were, they brought some bottles in to share and Mike and Matt were, you know, gracious enough to pour us. I can't remember what whiskey it was. It was one of the um, barrels that only yielded about 22 bottles. Is oh, the amber? It, it might have been uh, either Big Red Droid. Big Red, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's also, there is Big Red Droid and then Kalima, which is, is not was, released it yet. It was Big Red. I can't remember. Okay, it's something cool. to do with red. I can't remember yeah, what exactly hell called. Yeah. So we were drinking that, which was absolutely, was absolutely delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, um, one of like, the most memorable bourbons I've tried, for Probably sure. Probably the... Uh my favorite whiskey I've ever tried, besides very, very old Fitzgerald the proof on from that? the 60s. 122, yeah, I'm I pretty sure. Yeah, up there. 122 it, or 126. It's spicy, but it's really, really delicious. It yeah. reminds me kind of like a Booker's, how it's like high in proof and spicy, but full yeah, flavor. But it, yeah, it, it different has flavors, a full, obviously, yeah. different flavors, but a full range of like, everything bourbon is kind of in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then it, it drinks way under its proof too, mm-hmm. which I think is like a hallmark of like, Maybe prior to like yeah. 2016 Booker's because some late, later yeah. later stuff is. I can't hot. remember how many bottles Matt said that he had left, but so he's like, "Here, guys, there's probably maybe 12 guys probably in the room by that point." Uh huh. And it grew to by probably around 30 back when we were actually drinking by the stills, or still. And he's like, "Yeah, just you know, light pours," and people are just like dropping in like two ounces, like it's nothing. Oh my god! And like, I, a, I was driving, but I also wanted to be uh, not you know overextending my welcome as well. Yeah. So had a little bit of that. I was delicious. Um, and people brought in some really cool bottles from all across. I thought it was really interesting, though. I know how we go about. You're a little more into bottle collecting than Wilson and I are into. Definitely with Wilson. I don't know if he even has more than three bottles of whiskey at home that aren't his. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, um, it. It was interesting because they had a couple of bottles of Stag 19 there, mm-hmm. and the consensus was that nobody really liked it. Yeah, but they were all really happy to have it on the table. People that I'm not even sure what guys even brought it in. To be honest with you. Yeah, and you know, kind of holding it up there uh, as a token of for sure of of fines of trades whatever way yeah. they came across it. And I'm sitting there like, well, yeah, it's a 19 year old whiskey. Like, what do you think it's going to taste like? <laughs> Is it 19 years old or the one we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the fatigue for with Stag is and a lot of the mm-hmm. um and Buffalo Trace Antique Collection and um Van Winkle stuff is super high. Yeah, especially among uh the that crowd and like me. I, I'm I've not really been in it long enough to have procured most of those bottles, but I've yeah. had them and mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, um, there's not enough variation year to year in my opinion. And yeah. it seems to be the consensus to warrant like a crazy, like rush to get out those bottles other than for collecting purposes yeah. or trading purposes or whatever. Yeah. So for me, and I don't want to speak for the bros, like, uh, not just the Blum Bros, but mm-hmm. also like the guys who did uh, Whiskey the Weekend. Bros. Yeah, the Blum Bro Bros. Oh, that's what they're called now for sure. Yeah. We're just going to right now. But um, the more interesting stuff is like uh, um, discontinued stuff, like Dusties, like stuff that's uh, yeah. uh, like from the 50s to like the 70s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then single barrels for sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't really. I know a lot of guys like this who don't really go out for the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection or any of the big ones like that. I mean, I really only collect Four Roses single barrels and mm-hmm. like a few other yeah. single single barrels, really. I just buy that looks good. 
Yeah, man. Get my hands <laughs> that on. too. Yeah. Like I got a Yellowstone barrel pick. Oh yeah, from, from uh, Vinnie's. Yeah, those are good. Thirty nine dollars. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw the same barrel. Well, another barrel pick. Uh, I was in Indianapolis this past weekend, and they had a barrel pick. It was at Crown Liquor, and I was like, Oh, is that? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Remy. You thought you yeah. I was quiet now, didn't you? I'm um, still you. Just ignore her. Um but <laughs> they had, they just got their barrel pick actually uh in like two days before that and the barrel had just come the previous oh, day. What? And the man general manager was like, Yeah, just took it home. I'm like, oh good for you. <laughs> and the clerk Of what whiskey? Uh, Yellowstone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I asked the other guy working there, he's like, I haven't got to try it yet. I'm like, Well, I've had a couple other barrel picks from last year and they're quite delicious, so Get my hands on that as soon as possible. Yellowstone's interesting because it used to be, it's one of those brands that has been mm-hmm. owned and distilled at so many, <laughs> owned by so many different companies and yeah. distilled at so many different. Uh, but still says like from since 18. Yeah, yeah, for it. sure. There, There's out there, and I've tried one of them and it was very good, distilled <laughs> at um, the old Commonwealth Distillery. Mm. Um, so, uh, I can't remember what that's become. Sazerac owns it now, I'm pretty sure. I can't keep track of it. Uh, right. Uh, no, of course. But uh, it was in this decanter that it was like mm. this white porcelain, like square kind of bottle. And nice. it was had like this really cheesy print of a, uh, the, uh, a print of um, like Old Faithful on it, like a, a watercolor of Old Faithful. And it looks like something that would not be good at all. But test, I mean, uh, back in the seventies, I mean, all that stuff was really good. It was just kind of weirdly marketed because yeah. bourbon, uh, American whiskey wasn't really popular. It was seen as a, uh, it was seen as like a hobo juice, you know, yeah, what, what, uh, what poor people drank. Those baby boomers came in and started drinking vodka and jeans. Disgusting beasts. Yummy yeah, yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, uh, just remember what uh, the uh, baby boomers used to be called, the me generation. Mm. That's what they're coined, <laughs> coined mm. as. Shocker. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting being in a room with guys like that because uh, I did no intention of sharing my whiskey <laughs> for the company at all that I work for. And But the cat guys kept asking, like, oh, so what do you guys do here? And I was on my computer most of the time finishing up some work. And I was like, well, you know, like, I'd work for this, if you have any. So I brought it in, and a couple of guys were like, well, it tastes really good, but it's young. And I'm like, yeah, it's three, four, five years at most barrel age. After we blend the barrels together mm-hmm. um, for a couple, I think I was actually with our blended whiskey. So, and I asked him, well, why do you, why do you think it's young? Mm-hmm. And like, well, it just tastes like it. Is it, how old is it? Like, is it six years at most? I'm like, well, you know, in Australia, the tr- temperatures vary enough where we feel that our four-year-old whiskey is more around a six to seven-year-old whiskey. For sure. And it's 80 proof. It's lighter. And like, what's well, a lot of good flavor in here. I'm like, well, so if you think it has good flavor and it tastes good, why does it matter? Yeah. And people were like, well, I only, dr- guys in here, we only drink like a hundred proof or higher. Like that was a, like a literal quote said to me. Yeah. And um, Wilson had one of his whiskeys that's like 120, 122 that mm-hmm. rye is, I think, cast strength. And so they were they were kind of more gleaming towards that, which is totally fine. Yeah. But um, and I didn't care at all, whatever. And sure. Guys were in their cups pretty well at this point <laughs> after two, three <laughs> yeah. hours just drinking whiskey. Um, so, but it, it, I just kind of confronted one of them. I'm like, well, if you think it's good, here's what our layout is. And like, yeah. well, how long has the company been around? Like seven, eight years? I'm like, no, 15 years. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is what the company... This is what we did. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Is, is there projects that go a little bit higher in cast strength? Absolutely. Is there projects that go a little bit longer in aging? 100%. 
but not every distillery has to make uh, a whiskey or a bourbon right. that's 110 proof and also to your needs of have to be at least 10 years old or whatever, whatever imaginary yeah, number insane. is inside of your head. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's kind of like a confirmation bias, right? Mm-hmm. You're in search mm-hmm. of information that already proves your thesis right. Exactly. You know, so you can't even like allow yourself to like something before before uh, finding out the details that like fit into your worldview. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I used to sell art in Marcel Duchamp, the Dada generation that kind of came about in the early 1900s. It, they were basically revealed to the world that art can be anywhere. Um, sure. With the, uh, his installation of a urinal at an art show. Um, and he put it underneath a different name and a pseudonym um, instead of using his real name in his whole challenge to the public was saying that art can be anywhere for this it's like well any good good whiskey can be at any anything proof. it yeah. can be it can be at any year now is do i agree that like whiskey that's two years old is a taste as good as traditionally as 10 year old whiskey no but there's some companies that find their sweet spot and but it's like a, it that way it's like a bell curve for everyone 100%. there is like the majority of and i have this argument too about uh barrel maturation mm. as well but it's like at the tallest widest part of the bell curve you you might find that uh or how do i want to put this eight years there there is oh shit can you edit out some of the stammering no god damn it at uh makes it more authentic at eight years old and over 100 proof or whatever there's the highest chance of it being a good whiskey okay but at eight years old and 100 proof, there might also be some real stinkers. Sure. It's just the law of averages, right? Because that you're mm. at the top of the bell curve. But as you go to the left and the right of that you know, median or mean or whatever, the center of the bell curve, you will find less good whiskeys, but that doesn't mean... It can't be good whiskey. Right, exactly. And for someone to discount something completely because of its which I would age see, or whatever, yeah. which makes sense if you're just shopping in a store and no one's really engaging you, but if someone's like in your face like mm-hmm. <laughs> giving you bottles to drink and, and not even... Uh, if it's something that they work for, you know, mm-hmm. you have a vested interest in, you yeah. know, their response to your whiskey. It's just, it seems just silly. It's just like drink it and think about it. You don't have to, you don't have yeah. to have an opinion on it. Well, the Blum Brothers on its, paper, it doesn't yeah. make sense. A whiskey yeah. distillery in Northwest Illinois, in yeah. Galena, very small town. Why would you think the searches go there to make whiskey? Like, right, and you fall, you're falling into that percentage of like, oh yeah, great distilleries are in Kentucky, um, some in Indiana traditionally, Pennsylvania, Maryland, blah blah, mm-hmm. blah as it might may go. And Illinois has that very rich tradition as well. Yeah, but modern day thought, you wouldn't think that this distillery would exist there. So no. you can find these gems all over the country, all right. over the world, obviously. And my my biggest thing was, well, why are you knocking? knocking down distilleries that aren't doing what you like. For not, sure. What, why are you afraid to go out there and try that? Because it does right. seem like a fear to it. Totally. I think a lot of it has to do is if, if they think... It, it, I'm sure they've never actually put this into deep analytic thought. Mm-hmm. These individual um, purveyors or whatever you want to call themselves, yeah. collectors, yeah. Uh, is that if they find whiskey that is not 10 years old, is not 100 proof, 110 proof, 120 yeah. proof, is all of that effort, all that money, just a waste? Then I, to- I, I, I totally, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can't allow something outside of no. their 
uh, purview to be good because then it would mean they weren't right about everything all Mm -hmm. along. And they're basically self-proclaimed. A lot of... uh, It's uh, like the Game of Thrones fans at the end. They were so disappointed because they invested 10 years of their life into it. And then like, it didn't end the way I wanted it to. So I'm going to cry about it now. Also, it was very bad. The ending of Game Game of Thrones was very, very bad. Spoiler. Yeah, they're all they were in heaven the whole they time. Were in heaven. <laughs> purgatory. They're in purgatory. Just yeah, like they're lost. still on the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but um, I mean, we, we all we all have that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. The, we do. We all have our collections we hold on to, or right. whatever our interest may be. That totally. We don't want to be um, knocked off our pedestal. Totally, and it's uh, you know, if you invested all this time and energy and money thinking about <laughs> one topic, like um, you're gonna. Def- and the views you have on it with all you ha- with all the inner, inner intellectual energy you have yeah you know it just it just makes sense I, I, I just it was very interesting because one of these guys was really um, praising a seven-year-old whiskey from a smaller distillery in Michigan and I'm like well these guys aren't producing that old a juice and I look at it I tried it it was fine it's good good dry mm-hmm. and it was like 122 proof mm-hmm. oh that's why you are. Yeah. So, like, if I would have told you, like, this whiskey is, uh, if I would have gave like one of our cast strength projects, what would your answer be? Yeah, for sure. And it's not, I'm not trying to come back to my distiller because I don't care what people, people. No, are I, I've been there it. with my stuff too. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, but no, it was, just, it was just a very interesting space to be a part of because I every once in a while I'm with these people and talk to them for a small period of time, maybe meet them at events, maybe meet them at tastings inside of liquor stores. But to actually spend a few hours and a part of a weekend with them yeah. was kind of, it wasn't eye-opening at all. It kind of confirmed a lot of the bias yeah. against these people, unfortunately. But they're also, it was but interesting. to like saw them as people, too. Exactly. And that's yes. not, and these views aren't necessarily the majority of all of them no, either. No, no. Yeah, and it's it, just a few of them yeah, who are people really I disagree with. I saw a great minded. conversation. This sure. Is, this is a five-minute conversation sure. of an hour, you know? Sure. Part of an hour. Yeah. You still, uh, you, you still yeah. rub their back in the massage circle and everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Invited them on the podcast and you all st- that good stuff. You uh, still had a good time playing a game of Mafia I st- I on the floor. I still caught him on the trust fall. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but it, it, was a, it was a really good weekend to be a part of. Um, I encourage anybody to go in the next year and in the future years as well. I think the tickets are maybe $100 for the event, but... There's some really good whiskey, and everyone there pouring is actually a part of the brand in some aspect. If it's distributor, a brand ambassador, a maker as well, they can give you detailed information about the brands that they're pouring and the individual spirits too, which is very um, refreshing because you don't always get that um, at a lot of festivals, unfortunately, Yep, from every brand. Um, But yeah, uh, what other topics did you want to talk about, Matt? I forgot. Okay, great. (laughs) No, we had another thing. Oh, yeah, so... As um, an ongoing uh, thread that we've been talking about since I'm when I'm on the podcast is all the changes to the laws regarding mm. uh, craft distilleries in Illinois. Yeah. So, so why don't we re go over the laws? So if people haven't listened to the previous podcast, we've gone over it. That so are now confirmed. Yeah. I'll I'll speed I'll speed through it. So it used to be the law that all craft distilleries in, in Illinois um, could not sell more than five thousand proof gallons of their own spirit. Uh, at their facilities, either at their bar or at their gift shop. They also had uh, no retail privileges, so they couldn't buy vermouth, other spirits. So everything that they made cocktails with at their bar had to be made by themselves. Mm -hmm. 
So those are the two big things. Also, um, unlike um, beer and wine in Illinois, uh, distilleries have no option to self-distribute to retailers or restaurants. So um, those are the big things that uh, Illinois uh, distilleries wanted. Um, now, speed forward uh, almost two years yeah. on those fights. Uh, so we have an increased capacity of what we can sell out the front door or at the at the at the distilleries um and then we can do either or of the of the two things we can have limited self distribution or we can have the ability to um open second locations uh of uh tasting rooms uh for the distilleries um so within 90 miles so blumbros could have like a a uh, bar in down a uh, Blumbro's bar in downtown Galena. Uh, what am I? It's limited self distribution or the tasting rooms. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. So you can have either of those, and both oh, have having, limited yeah, retail more, privileges. Also having other spirits in your bar too. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, in the in the uh, tasting rooms, we're calling them still pubs, like brew pubs, yeah, like exactly. non connected uh, still pubs. Those you can buy. Um, anything for and sell them from. Mm-hmm. If you have limited self distribution, you can buy vermouth and like low ABV. How much can you distribute? Uh, what what proof gallonage can you do uh, self distribution still? I think it comes out of it's. T- uh, you can sell ten thousand proof gallons a year if you're making less than a hundred thousand. Oh, it's a hundred thousand. I thought it was yeah. fifty thousand. Okay. Or no, it went down. Maybe it went down to fifty thousand. If yeah. you're producing less than fifty thousand proof gallons a year, you can sell up to ten thousand uh, proof gallons um, from your bar or from your facility, whether it be in your tasting room, gift shop, mm-hmm. or through limited self distribution. So self distribution, you could actually drive your bottles to a liquor store. Yes. Okay. Just to confirm through. Yep. And then your question for me was about that. Oh, yeah. So you have to choose. So you have to. The big thing now is Mm -hmm. every distillery in Illinois, when they renew their license, they have to choose either. Do you want the still pubs Mm -hmm. or do you want to self-distribute? So what would you do, Jacob, if Mm. you were if Star Ward was in Illinois and you were the CEO of Star Ward? But it also has to be producing less than fifty thousand gallons a year, correct? Uh, yeah, something like that. Let's take that out. Let's make it all things even. You could either self distribute or have another location. Is less than a hundred thousand gallons a year? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. I think for me personally, I would go with the still pub. Mm Mm-hmm. Only because it is a form of self distribution in a way. Totally. Uh, that you're hiring people come to you. You're mm-hmm. selling your product in a version of cocktails, flights, yeah. drams. Um, also, you can sell the bottles out of the yep. pub, pub as well, right? I don't know about that. Let's or say can, no. Or can I sell it to your gift shop? Uh, you uh, let's say no but, per but, uh, argument. But okay, let's say no. But at the same time, your bottles can be bought from your distillery. Yeah, it, yeah, it, totally. It, it might be a separate room, right? But so, it's still going out, right? So you have this. Uh, you uh, price them competitively with other mm-hmm. bars and restaurants, but you don't have to go through the distributor, so yeah. you're making a, a so, much better margin. This is something I just thought of this law um, over the last year and a half of never coming to thought was, can you have tastings? In your in your still pub, like you can, sure. So why wouldn't I? Yeah, totally. Because that way, people are coming to you, learning directly about the product, 
It's free well, for free for the consumer. Yeah, and I don't have to worry about hiring a third party person to go to no, like no, a retail no. shop and stand there and not know anything about my whiskey or spend the energy on it yourself. Exactly, and they can come to you and do it that way, and you can promote it free through social medias and such. For sure, um, and you can also with a still pub, it affords you the availability to show people how to highlight your products in the form of a cocktail. Totally. And I, if to I dr- was, and if figuring I was out how it, to drink it at home yes. is huge. Yeah. And if I was running it, like um, we were complimenting, complimenting that and the bar staff over at Blum brothers last week and saying, these are delicious cocktails, like really delicious cocktails would be, I would, uh, these are, it's up with any other bar in the city um, mm-hmm. for the one or two that I had. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really old-fashioned. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a v- another version. It was a fancy old-fashioned. can't remember exactly what it was, but it was delicious. You start with good whiskey. Yeah, That's exactly. a key, baby. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, what I would do if I owned a distillery, had a still pub, I would do very simple cocktails so my customers could read those and mm-hmm. take that take that information back home with a bottle they hopefully buy from the gift shop to actually go make the cocktails at home. Now, obviously, you want them to come back, but if it's someone who's visiting, then they know how to make your how to make a good cocktail with your totally. whiskey. Yep. And um, I think you know it's we Wilson. I've been talking a lot too about the price of craft whiskey, mm-hmm. um, how it's still kind of. Some are falling down a little bit in price. Some are kind of just staying at the same base unit in that forty-five to fifty-five dollar range. Yeah, for obvious reasons, as craft distiller, make all your money back. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I think uh, most distilleries that opened up between like two thousand ten, two thousand thirteen, mm-hmm. are between thirty-five and forty. It seems like a bottle. Like yeah. a few Koval Journeyman, yeah. um, Breckenridge. Uh, Journeyman's still up there. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. Is it near 50? Well, they have some, so many whiskey yeah, skews, too. Yeah, that's also what I would do as a distiller. I wouldn't, I would, I love what you guys do where you concentrate on Two what you're good at. Yeah, totally. Um, not taking anything away because I love like, I love the wheat from Journeyman. I love their, I love their rye. Yeah. Koval rye was like but, the first craft whiskey I fell in love with. Um, but that's in the DNA of those places. Exactly. Like that's, it makes, they make it work for them. But to get, to get back to your original question, I would definitely go with the still pub because in the form of distribution, you still have to go out there and sell the product at the end of the day. Like you have to totally. go back out, do a tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to rent a truck, rent a car, whatever. Maybe that's the whole, there's going to be thing. expenses built into it. Right. Now, if I could, uh, if I could, like certain countries across the world, do 100% self-distribution and go buy two trucks and then have that built into my whole package as a company when I'm going to be building it, Definitely. that's a whole different story. And again, at a better margin yeah. than I would just hire what my, you're paying hire my cousin, the distributor. Pay him, pay, yeah. him, pay him 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, exactly. Like, cool, I got a job. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And at the margin of a distributor, you're paying you're, a lot of that is built into your fees. Is right. the trucking costs, the mm-hmm. manual labor that goes into getting your bottles from A to B to C. Then yep. you have to go back out there and sell it inside of a liquor store, which you're going to do regardless. But why right. add exactly. the extra step in there? That's not necessary. When it's For not sure. a, that's not a lot of whiskey at the end of the day. You're putting into a retail account. Yeah. Now, but if you're a small town like Galena, that's mm-hmm. a different store, maybe. Yeah. Where that's you, true. Like you're you're you already have the accounts. You already have basically. the accounts. Yeah. You probably know the owner of every liquor store right. as a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also not that far away. It's not you're right. not paying for like. Parking. You're not going to be paying. Uh, you're paying no, you can do it with rates. a no. Yeah, exactly. Like you can everything. do it with a Sprinter van. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn on it. That is nice and easy, but uh, it's also easy for me to say when I don't have any money invested into it. <laughs> totally, <laughs> real money. Um, um, and I weigh in the future CEO of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, put it. Hey, man, put it out there. <laughs> Visualize it. Well, actually, yeah. so you know how we're in the same portfolio as Westward. Yeah. Um. So they're. Brand ambassador, one of the national brand ambassadors, Australian. 
Oh, yeah. And okay. so the first time I met uh, Christian, who's the uh, uh, master distiller and one of the owners of Westward. Good um, day. He's like, he's he's American. Oh. But um, he's like, oh, so uh, me and Dave are going to switch you. Dave's my boss. And I'm oh. like, uh, what? <laughs> Tradesies. Yeah, like trades. And I'm like, okay, exactly, because Jordan's Australian. I'm like, oh, who's, who's Jordan? Like, <laughs> I don't know who this person is. And I met Jordan like the next week. And I'm like, oh, oh now oi. it all makes sense oi, like, why, they're, why they're trading us. <laughs> oi, whack, bud, westward. Australian accents are hard because they uh, mispronounce every vowel. Every <laughs> vowel is really fucked up. Just add like a A-O into the end of everything. A-O. And, 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 and a smile because they're very friendly people. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. People always ask me too, can like, like, you don't sound Australian. I'm like, no, I'm from here. And they're like, well, could you fake it? And they're being completely sincere when they yeah, ask that. Yeah, yes. Like, I'm like, no, I defend my entire, uh, all, my, all my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. People always, uh, people often ask when I have the big pop-up sign of the Blum Bros logo if I'm Mike Blum, because I, I do look a lot like the, the picture That's of true. Mike on the bottles. Yeah. Um, and I say no, and they're like, "Oh, come on, just say you are." And I say, "No, that's it's the dumb. It's the glasses and the Obviously beard. beard, yeah." But yeah, yeah, the no shape. I guess. Oh, beautiful. No, it, <laughs> it, it, I think it looks like um, I think it looks like me and Will Ferrell on the logo of uh, the Blum Bros. I see that a little. Oh, <laughs> it, so there's this. I don't know what they are. They've been there for years um, on I-80 I- uh, over in eastern Iowa. There's these faces, these big billboards, but, like, they're face cutouts. Huh. So they're not, like, a billboard. It's the actual face of a sh- shape of a face. And I don't know who they're supposed to be, Like, but there's one guy that looks like it looks like Will Ferrell in his play playing George W. Bush. That's so fucking weird. And that's kind of what that Mike looks like, Matt looks like in this photo. <laughs> that's so funny. So I can see it. Um, yeah, no, I, it's a, it's a tough, but going back to our original conversation. No, I want to go back to these faces in Eastern I Iowa. Drive, it's like 20 miles east of Iowa City, so it's not too far from, once you get over I gotta the border. I got to go check those out. Yeah. Next time you're in town. Um, will you come with me? Yeah, I'm probably going to be back there at some point. Will you show me the faces? I have to go see my, my godson. <laughs> okay, great. He, back to what you're he, saying. He lives in Iowa. He's a Chiefs fan. I would, I would figure... <laughs> I would hope he was in Iowa if you're driving to Iowa to go see him. <laughs> Not just like meeting a child in Iowa. My, uh, I got to go meet a kid my, in my, Iowa. My two-year-old guys. I have to go meet him in Iowa. <laughs> I did give him a bottle of whiskey for his uh, birth. He's not going to drink that, is he? I wrote him a note on it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Is it the, is it like bottled on his birthday or something? No, it was... Actually, there's a bottle over on my shelf, too, of it. Same whiskey. It is a blend of... Uh, from my, my days at Koval, oh. that Phil, um, our good friend Phil, he blended it with a six-year-old wheat and a four-year-old rye. Mm-hmm. And it came about... He had about 180, 185 bottles or so. Oh, uh, cool. Sold out of it in about 10 days. I bought one, drank it, and then I gave him my godson another one, and then there's another one sitting on the shelf over there still. With the net for tags. your next godson, my next godson, and with the net tags I designed on the top of it too. Oh. That um, I asked them to pay me for it because I wasn't technically a photographer for our staff, even though I did a lot of photography. And they said, "How about we just give you an Instagram handle on it instead?" And I said, "Sure, but it better be on there." It's uh, it's basically the same color as um, the background. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was waiting for the shoe to drop on how they could possibly fuck you over on that. Yeah, so that's awesome. But if you ever see a neck tag with a cobalt neck tag with it, the bean and something else of Chicago in that, don't do that. I, I, those are my microphones. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I was putting the microphone stand in my belly button. It truly was. Um, as a point of leverage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there is an interesting kind of conversation about what distilleries will be doing um, in here in the very near future, too. I hope more still pubs. Actually, Cobalt's one of them that's making their pub right now. I think it's supposed to be open pretty soon. That's which cool. Which would bring so much great um, more or even yeah, even more tourism, people from the neighborhoods into the Ravenswood area, Malt Row. Um, yeah. That have all the breweries right there. and That'd be cool. Yeah. So I think it's supposed to be done soon. I f- my instinct is that most are going to go with self-distribution. That's interesting. Because that seems... On the surface, to be the easier option. Are these guys more like your Western and Southern Illinois people you're talking to about? All it? over. Okay. I mean, yeah. I just think because like a lot of those places, like you know, like Whiskey Acres and things like that. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of distilleries, um, younger distilleries mm-hmm. on the fringes of Chicago. Yeah. So Twenty Eight Mile is a new distillery in Highwood, Illinois. Oh, I haven't heard of that. There is Black Dog in Plainfield. Mm-hmm. There is Thornton Distilling in Thornton, Illinois. So there is a lot of these. What town is Abaddon in? Um, Wheeling. Yeah. And they're, they're going to go, I think they're going to go with Still Pub because they already have two locations. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they can get a lot of that suburban crowd out there too. Totally. Yeah. Which yeah. makes sense. Yep. So I think. Because um, that's what the one thing like um, Mississippi River has done really well is they built that pub into such a not a tourist it is a tourist attraction obviously because Leclerc is a little bit of a tourist town like Galena but they have just things going on every night with their community yes, it's, like a lo- it's a local bar there essentially yeah, of course yeah which I'm sure that the Bum Brothers distillery is kind of like um, that. a little bit we don't really stay su- open super late because you have to drive to it yeah so we don't really have bar hours but we do trivia nights and stuff like that so oh. yeah and you have golden little tea stuff. as well what's that you have golden tea we have golden tea I've never gone in there and not seen someone at the Golden Tee. <laughs> if I had more time, I would have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to do it. Oh. It just seems like a slidey ball. Yeah. I don't want to play slidey ball. If I wanted to play slidey ball, I would have stayed at home, huh, Jakey? No. High five me. Remy. And he's going to high five me. Here it comes. Remy, don't touch him. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, it's, it'll be really interesting to see how everybody plays out with that. What other topics did you want to talk about? Um... <laughs> You brought, cool. a, you brought a list. I did. So it'd be a hard com- transition into on, this next complete one. honesty here. So Wilson was supposed to be re- recording with us, but he went to go do a distributor work with today on the southeast and south side of Chicago. He told me I didn't. Need I didn't need those details. Um, and then our, he was just trying to fill out the lie. Yeah, our good uh, Scottish friend Callum O'Donnell from Abelauer Distillery is going to join us as well from Abelauer. Um, I don't know where he is. Okay, yeah. fair enough. He, was in a, he, text, he could be anywhere. He texted me a photo of so, himself in a plane a few days ago, so uh-oh. I'm guessing that's so where he's ev- in a plane. Everyone across the country, watch out. He yeah. could be anywhere. Yeah, he, he could be right behind you him. right now. Boom! Ah! <laughs> um, and what, there was something else I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, actually, kind of going back to the whole allocated stuff. Did you see um, on Saturday, was it Saturday night? Yeah, after the uh, Whiskey Fest in River North, uh, Sam from... Mississippi Burr and mm. Wilson and I and Sam Bergeron and my wife and a few other people from Beam Centauri. That's not how you pronounce it. My wife. My wife. And my wife. Uh, we were sitting at good measure. You can't say some- my. You can say my wife in the least Borat way possible, but it still sounds like uh, 
still sounds like Borat. I <clears throat> think about that. Anyway, so we're sitting, we're sitting at good measure, having a few cocktails. Mm-hmm. Four. I look on good measure. Um, Look on Instagram and see that uh, guy who his name is Whiskey Consensus on Instagram. He shows a video of him busting out a Pappy Twenty Three and pouring it into Coke, and we were just like cracking up because we like love that kind of stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, um, that people just do that, and I'm sure the guy has seems like he has a pretty good collection of whiskey. But people, it was just so funny to read the comments through. And so we were going on the Key in the Lake Instagram page and being like, hey, dude. And he started with his finger as well, which made it even just that much better. <laughs> it's <laughs> so a little Coke and Pappy 23 um, stirring with his finger. And we were like going on there like, hey, bring that finger in, oh, in the Pappy and the Coke on yeah. the podcast and all that stuff. And then like anybody that like ripped into him like, oh, my God, this is so like unsacred and this and that. It's like, oh, fuck off. Take, this Seriously. Is, this is what whiskey should be about. It's like having fun, enjoying it the way you want to. Yeah, exactly. I've been on this podcast and I said if I was a bartender, and never been asked to pour Pappy um, and Coke, I would not say no, but I would give them Pappy and then the Coke separately and they can mix it together sure. themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because that's their disclaimer to do it or their discretion to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just kind of funny how people overreact to it so easily. And they totally uh, felt, they totally outed themselves as being yeah. sanctimonious weirdos by, 100%. by you know, uh, and no one ripping can, into and nobody, whiskey consensus. I, I probably, that's funny. I probably ripped into people, not ripped into, but like commented on people, at least five or six of them, but like, eh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, but no one ever wrote back to me, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, man. Well, because uh, so, for so many people, it's not uh, about the whiskey. It's about the collecting. Yeah. You know? It's about coveting what you have, essentially. Totally. Like what you're trying to get, so... Uh, it's like a Rolex, yeah. you know, or something. It's like, know? it's just like your good friend Garfield who will be crucified on that cross <laughs> for what he believes in. Sure, sure it is. <laughs> they will be, they will be that way as well. They'll get him some wooden staves and build him a little crucifix out of that <laughs> and make him a, on a, on make a him Monday, a, make too, him a crown of, of Blanton caps. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm a big Garfield fan guys. Great. If you guys didn't uh, already know that, I think my good friend Jake already knew mm. of my love for Garfield, the cat. I wasn't really sure. I didn't really. John Arbuckle. I wasn't asking to know about it either. Uh, if anyone wants to see some more Garfields, just let me know. I have Garfield in any kind of situation that you could ask for. Great. Now let's stop that conversation. Okay. Um, there's something else I know you brought up. You want to talk about Kobe a little bit? Yeah, we can, definitely. Um, we talk about sports sometimes, especially yeah. me and Jake. Yeah. Oh, Big uh, soccer actually, fans and know, sports before fans. Before we get to Kobe, I... Just wanted to say the whole Ancelotti um, <laughs> is what I've been calling him. I'm not sure maybe else is calling him that. Um, who is Everton's new coach? This there's been a refound oh. <laughs> resurgence. <laughs> Carlo Ancelotti, who who I was like, I don't really like Italian football. <laughs> yeah, he's coached in the Premier League before. Uh, has he? Yeah, yeah, Chelsea. 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 Yeah, yeah, Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was back. Th- he was there. And lasted a season and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um, or but, not. I can't remember. They most uh, notably uh, was a coach for Milan, mm-hmm. coached them to two Champions League yeah. finals. Mm-hmm. One they lost to Liverpool. One yeah. they beat Liverpool. Essentially, if for like American sports fans, it kind of like I, the best way I can describe it. Maybe not to this level, and I can't think of a coach that is as prominent as him in American sports that's done this. But it's kind of like Phil Jackson in a way going to go coach. The Lakers and uh, then come the La- back and not, then no, be not, on the not Knicks. Not even that. Like coming over to Everton and be like going to coach, uh, like um, like the Timberwolves and oh, like yeah. and like trying to like bring them to prominence. Yeah. I guess in a way. Well, I was thinking too of Tony Larusa 
You oh, know, he started good. with yeah. the yeah. White Sox and then A's, wasn't he? With the A's? Yeah, the yeah. A's for a while and then the Cardinals. I yeah. think that's right. He retired with the Cardinals, yeah. He retired. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Sox for a little bit, A's, Cardinals. Brings a traditional team back to power. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't think he was a I don't think that his White Sox team was very good. I don't really But know. it doesn't I it don't tru- know. it truly does not matter. No, not at all. But it's cool to see uh Everton was down the dumps earlier this year. Entering yeah. December, they were in the relegation zone and now if they win Dude, on Saturday. Poorly, yeah. If they win on Saturday, they are now in the top six. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah. Well, every team and, uh, from and Liverpool hasn't lost this year. <laughs> every team from fifth place to like 16 yeah. is super close so to each other. So we're talking about the Premier League, by the way, if anybody wants Oh, yeah, to the English Premier League. Uh, Sweet Jake is a big Everton fan, and I'm a fan of the team that plays two kilometers away from them and, uh, in the city of Liverpool. And is absolutely dominating this season. Oh, my gosh. It's, been, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it feels a little like the Champions League final last year. Uh, we lost mm. to Real Madrid two years ago. Last year, we just, I mean, it was a, uh, a procession almost as a, um, almost just for, uh, oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. That's Will okay. you cut, edit that out? No. Um, <laughs> it, 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 well, they, we just, we smacked Tottenham in the mouth really yes. last season. And we lost the Premier League last year despite only losing one yeah, game yeah. and Which, not losing at home at all. Yeah. We haven't lost at home in like three and a half years, and this season it just feels like okay, we're serious about it now, mm-hmm. and we're just crushing everyone. Yeah, it's 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 cool to watch. It's obviously been decided for probably a month now that you're. Uh, I feel like since November. I, I mean, mean, really, yeah, yeah. I mean, after the after the city game, it was kind of official. Yeah, um, twenty three wins, one draw. I think is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like FIFA. No, it really is. And watching them sometimes is like FIFA too. I mean, this last game, uh, we were uh, played Southampton at home, and they played oh, us very, very Saints. well. Oh, and <laughs> the Saints. Saints! They played very well in the first uh, first half, especially mm. towards the last ten minutes of the first half. They looked really good, but they just spent it all in that first half, and yeah. we came out and just scored four goals against a pretty decent team. Just ba- crushed them. And Bobby Firmino got me some fantasy points. Oh, yeah, with his three assists. Three assists. And then uh, so Robertson good. in the back as well. Always has a solid six points in fantasy. He's so good. They're all, I mean, they're just all playing outside their minds. And uh, a four, four to zero against a pretty good team without probably our best player this season because he's injured. Sadio Mane is out for another couple of matches. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I have a couple of things coming up. February 21st, uh, that's a Friday. We have a. Uh, pairing dinner with arbor projects which is a really cool restaurant um actually it's in an office building so it's kind of a a unique space but it's really cool it's called arbor projects it's on diversity um a couple blocks uh east of alston um so uh for sure yeah for sure follow arbor projects chef leonard is going to be mad at you for saying it's made up what, what He's going to come Leonard? and get you. What Chef Leonard? Chef Leonard at Arbor Projects. Um, so Wait, uh, for where sure... He, where follow- was he at before Arbor Projects? 
He's been there for a long time. Is this a made-up place? No, it's not a made-up place. Yeah. Arbor Projects on Instagram, and follow me on Instagram for details. Those are going to be soon released. Yeah, please. And I do very nuanced uh, whiskey reviews. (laughs) On uh, every Wednesday, nuanced whiskey reviews, I review a different whiskey. I've been doing it every Wednesday for over a year. You can see... uh, the highlight tab, um, the little highlight tabs on my profile, you can see all of them. Uh, my uh, Instagram handle is official Matt Brown fan club. Official Matt Brown fan club. So that's February that 21st. Leonard Hollander? Yes. <laughs> um, and then March, it's, it's a real name. Is he Dutch? Yeah, he's Dutch. M- March is uh, at Bub City Rosemont is going to be Blum Bros Month. So... You'll have more than one uh, night to do that, as you won't at Arbor. God, that don't, was a terrible sentence. Yeah, it was per- pretty terrible. Oh, that's all. I got it out. Great. Are you going to cut that Kobe talk or what? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you only interrupt me the entire time. So Fair all, of you li- all of you listening to this right now. You can record the Kobe part later after maybe I leave. Yeah, you did. Oh. <laughs> Maybe already did. My dog's <laughs> dead over there. Um, yeah, so this has been probably our worst episode ever recorded. So if you're listening for the first time, please give us another shot next Monday when <laughs> Joe Henry is on from <laughs> Jay Henry. Uh, and whiskey. Sons. And it's Sons? Yeah, Jay is Henry it? Yeah, and it's Sons. Sons, right? Yeah. They, uh, it's a whiskey company out of uh, Wisconsin that does some really cool uh, bourbons. That we didn't even delicious. drink the, dude, we didn't even drink the whiskey that before we drink it. Okay, fine. So, um, then I'm probably going to steal it, punch you in the face, throw you back out in the trash. Ow, yeah. my face. And throw you into the river with everybody else. But, <laughs> uh, for everybody else listening out there, appreciate it. This is, uh, Jake from Key in the Lake. Wilson's not here like the last two episodes. Maybe he just is fired from the podcast. We never know. He'll never admit it. It's true. But for all of us out there, uh, please go follow us on Instagram, rate and review us on any way you listen to these podcasts, because that's how we can get that McDonald's money in the near future. That's what we're really, really, really after. Um, our goal is to make $1 this year. <laughs> and we got some fun products coming up here in the near future. We'll probably be announcing that in a couple podcasts from now that, um, let's just say, Key in the Lake is uh, moving into the public space to... Oh, to do some fun stuff like that. But if you want to follow us on Instagram and listen to our podcast at keyinthelake.com and at iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, we greatly appreciated it. And also, um, shameless plugs that we're doing for my company uh, here right now. Um, we're an Australian-based distillery, so we're doing a lot of charity events across the U.S. to raise money for the wildlife fires, um, the victims of the wildlife fires, which are mostly animals and the conservation and the land across the entire country. So we're working, we're partnering with the World Wildlife Fund of Australia to help uh, preserve animals that and uh, have, help them build habitats for animals that are in a little bit of a dire need or been affected by the fires because at this count there is um, probably over a billion animals that have lost their lives, uh, millions and millions of acres of land. People have lost hundreds of houses. Hundreds of people have been killed as well throughout these fires over the last couple months and the fires will probably persist now for another six to eight weeks it looks like so uh with that said star ward is doing charity events at good measure here in chicago on wednesday night starting at seven o'clock we are having um a whiskey list excuse me a specialty menu of uh cocktails there's five different cocktails on there and three dollars from every star ward cocktail that is purchased will go to the world wildlife fund we're also doing a silent auction of a few different uh 
items, including a hand-stitched, handmade leather uh, bag that's uh, probably around the retail price of $500 to $600. That's going to be up there um, for auction. And also a bottle of our Solera Single Malt Whiskey um, from Star Wars, which is one of our allocated whiskeys. That's a really great product to help go bid and go to a good cause as well. Um, Total Wines in Texas bought a barrel from us. Uh, recently, and it's called Star Wars Barrel Select, and $3 of every bottle that's being bought from uh, one of those bottles is going to be donated to the World Wildlife Fund as well. And then I'm partnership with Women Who Whiskey Long Beach and the Hawk Bar in Long Beach. I partnered with them to throw a party on February 29th where uh, we're going to basically have a, like a little whiskey fest, a little neighborhood festival where local businesses are putting things up for auction, are going to be there as well in the public to raise money. There's a GoFundMe for it on the Hawk's um, Instagram page. You can go straight to there from their, um, from their profile to help raise money for it, and then all the proceeds will go, 100% of the proceeds will go to the World Wildlife Fund on Australia. That starts at 4 o'clock and ends at 8 p.m. on Saturday, February 29th in Long Beach at the Hawk Bar. There's a bunch of other things kind of happening out there as well. Please um, check out uh, Star Wars pages for everything that's going to be going on to raise money for the World Wildlife Fund. Other than that, guys, appreciate the support. And if this is your first time listening, please give us another opportunity. Go on. I'm a good guest. Cheers, guys.